are now listening to Hint of Lemon. Hey, welcome to Hint of Lemon. Uh, <laughs> so today I have another special guest. This guy is one of my brothers. How long have I known you for? Almost 10 plus years? Uh, uh, definitely more than that. Yeah. Definitely more than 10 yeah. years. Again, we don't like calculating yeah. here. Um, <laughs> oh, this guy, definitely one of those real OG friends that I can always look up to and as well as confide in. Uh, we've definitely seen the best and worst of each other, but I think that's where our friendship has really grown. Just being able to see how we've evolved as people. Just all that mushy and gushy shit. We don't really talk about this shit either. So, uh. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> okay, calm down. Um, so I'd like to introduce Paulo. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Hey, Paulo. Look, the Thanks people for are clapping for you. Of course. <laughs> yeah, man. Just jumping into it, what's some social media that we can follow you on? You can follow me on Instagram at Creative Striking. Yeah, so how's the pandemic going? I know we talked about it before we started this, but... Just overall, because I know there's a lot of uh, some mental battles, I'm sure that, you know, we've talked about before, but how's it treating yeah. you? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was more so in the beginning for me. Do you say it's better now or you feel like you yeah, got a groove down? Now. I, I really thought it was going to be like, I guess, more of a struggle mentally. I mean, I definitely had those moments, but. At the beginning um, or just in general? Yeah, I, I feel like I've like adapted a little bit better now. Yeah. I just, I got kind of like used to the flow of how life is now so how'd you treat it at the beginning i'm i'm curious because uh i feel like personally i mean i mentioned this last time but i was like super gung-ho yeah. like oh that that's perfect like i'm gonna use this time to do this project and this and then you know obviously yeah uh, cabin fever kicks in so at some point i was just kind of like man i want this shit to be over and then i would just mm -hmm. like sulk for most of the day <laughs> aside from working obviously no, but yeah, how did you yeah. start it off versus what it looks like now? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I was just like honestly just lazy as fuck <laughs> yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. And I don't think it had hit me yet that we were going to be making such a big transition in terms of lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's like even if you are, I would say you and I are pretty like introverted. You know, yeah. And, like very much so. Yeah. Bodies, yeah. Right. So I don't know. I, I thought that it would be a little bit easier. That's I what I thought too. like yeah you know because it's like oh, okay we yeah. already kind of like do this so i don't know but then i just had like so much more time like on my hands right than i anticipated so i don't know i just kind of took that as a would you say it's more productive time though because i like i said like for me i mm. thought i i just ended up wasting my time doing nothing or just like <laughs> you know worrying about things that i thought were important and i'm like man right. i gotta focus right. on my mentals or something no, totally. I feel like the second half of this year has been like more productive for me. Yeah. But the first half was it was kind of me just trying to do random shit to fill time. Yeah. Yeah. Just like super random activities. Yeah. Like. What are some like uh, projects that you're working on right now, though? Sounds like you you're really going full force. If you want to say we can talk about it later, too. Uh, just been I mean, been working on music a lot more. Yeah. In like the second half of this year haven't really i mean obviously with everything going on like there are no concerts or anything yeah. nobody can really meet up the same way yeah so can't meet up with uh like my usual group of people yeah but i've just been like working on my own projects that i'd kind of been like putting off for gotcha. pretty much the past year yeah like revisiting that stuff you know and then training wise too like you're just doing your own thing and kind of catching up when you can oh yeah man that was a struggle yeah it was a struggle in that like I needed to figure out different ways to just kind of like stay active. Yeah. It. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it, it helps to have, I guess when you're into something, it's like you want to be surrounded by other people. Right. Who are also like into the same things. Right. So I didn't have that anymore. So it's just like, yeah. Like I finally ended up getting like my own punching bag and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, but let's, let's go back to when we first met each other. So oh, I've yeah. known Paulo <laughs> for, 10 plus years so we met in high school correct me if I i'm remember. wrong yeah take me through that like when <laughs> we met each other because uh, i, I you feel remember like, that you i remember do that 
I okay. do, but I want to know what your perspective was because I have a funny story to to tell. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I think like being in the moment, it was like a little bit funnier than like when I actually go back and tell it. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. But wait, you were a freshman, right? And I was a sophomore. I was, okay. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I knew you because you're one of our good friend, Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your cousin. So it was like an end of the school day assembly, something like that. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I remember just getting out. I, I saw you and you kind of had like this, this, um, like lost look on your face. You were definitely looking for something and didn't know like which way to go. Right. After it. Yeah. Assembly? This is what I remember okay. anyway. Right. And then I knew that you asked me because you're like, hey, this guy's Filipino. I don't know. Oh. I just, I was like, okay, there are like so many people passing by, but you singled me out. Oh, shit. That's the first time I met you? Uh, I don't know. Oh, we're talking about two different times now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So I was or a maybe, confused maybe freshman. I'm just I mean, not remembering this right, but that was like, no, that I mean that sounds about right. I was pretty confused hey man, in like, general in high school. Yeah, like I would have felt the same way. I was new. <laughs> I would have felt the same way at that I mean, school. At that's that funny because I do gravitate towards like <laughs> Filipino people, and again, we went to a predominantly white yes, school, yes, so did. that does sound yeah, like no, me. It's not, it's not just me, man. <laughs> I remember it completely differently. I mean, that might have been like the very first one. But where I really uh, started meeting you or once I met you was like probably in the quad. And uh, I mean, we said what's up, but I, I know I remember messaging you like on Facebook or whatever. Was it Facebook? Wait, or no, oh, was MySpace. MySpace. Was it MySpace? No. Was it MySpace? I, I just remember chatting with you. I'm like, oh, this guy seems cool. Like he's and then I remember I basically like, oh, this guy says like he's good at guitar. And I remember like, oh, yeah, I, I play guitar myself, too. And I think I was just trying to like pretend like I had a big dick or whatever because like, oh, yeah, I can play this. And then you're like questioning me like, oh, can you play this? And then I'm like, yeah. But in my head, I'm like, I'm better than this guy. I don't know who this is. but I'm. And I got in my ego. And then the next thing I know, you can play for real because I, I, I don't know. I'm assuming you were like jamming with, you know, Mike and some other guys. Oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, shit, never mind. But other than that, I mean, I just got to know you. I don't remember you and then that, man. We just all kicked it together. Yeah, that's what I'm that. saying. And you don't remember my story, do but you? The, no, yeah, I, I don't. Guess we're just I mean, not really friends then. Like, so sudden. No, just... that's just our first impression. <laughs> we actually don't know anything. No, but about what would you either. say? <laughs> um, I guess kind of jumping into it because, I mean, it's been yeah. so long. What are some of your early <laughs> funny memories of our friendship? Um, oh, man. There's so many. I, I don't know why that that one actually like <laughs> sticks out a lot. Um, just to start off like that I mean, one. I'm just a lost person. I, yeah, in you're general. looking for the office, and I remember I like I walked oh. you down there. You're looking for the main office. Yeah. God damn. But you know what sticks out is just like all the all like those good times we had. Just like, and um, everybody knows you love to you love video, you love film. You know. Yeah, yeah. Videography. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's my mini. Yeah, hobby. just like all those times, like back in the day like kind of bullshitting and like just making like random videos you know like we were just talking about that what like a week or two ago you remember the one that we recorded out which one spooky one spooky one oh the spooky one yeah something (laughs) something yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and then there's the one with um was that with jedrick the oh the fighting scene one one. so yeah i think her name was there too so we Oh, that's the we shot two different oh, videos yeah. in that. We did like a music video one and then uh yeah. the fighting scene one. Yeah, see I miss that stuff and like No, and it's funny that you mentioned that because like a lot of my a lot of the good memories, like I remember we created through those videos. Cause it's like I always remember the behind the scenes and just like funny moments then when making a video rather than the actual oh, yeah, video. Dude, the blooper you know what I mean? <laughs> No, but we've had a lot of funny moments because I feel like one thing you and I for sure that like we get along because we just like we kind of like fuck with people like I'm a fucking troll at heart. Oh, uh, yeah. And I mean, I guess oh, yeah. you are, too. Oh, like, yeah. We all have we both have our different troll ways, but it's just funny how we kind of base our friendship. I mean, originally yeah. off of that, it's like, oh, this guy is a fucking clown. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we had a lot of good times just doing that kind of stuff. And honestly, like clowning yeah. on our friends and like, you know, in, yeah. 
as a way of showing endearment, not. Yeah. I was about to say, uh, in our defense, um, if you really, really know us, yeah. I think my love language is calling you out <laughs> and just making fun of you. Yeah, I never thought about it that like, way. That's what as it is. No, nah, dude, I mean, totally, that's totally, what it is. Totally. Like if I tell you like, oh, like your hat doesn't match your shoes right now or like just something cold. I'm like, that means I care about hey, you bro, or your shit. You know I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to know us to, to understand that part for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, if you don't know me and you call me out on something. Yeah. I'm going to throw some hands. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah we know. Maybe. We know maybe that. Not. We know maybe that. Not. Don't cross. Don't cross um, this man. <laughs> So bringing it all together, one of the main reasons why I brought Paulo here is because he's one of those people that just has gotten into boxing over the past couple of years, and he's created what is now creative striking. Yeah. So ultimately, you have a... How would you like to... I know it's evolving over time, but how did mm. you originally have it as or posed as um. or presented as? Yeah, I guess it was a training service at first, and like, uh, yeah. Over time, it's. I feel like it's it's kind of just become now more like something that me and like the other people I train with like, uh, right? Associate ourselves with it's kind of just more. It's like a group brand now. Yeah, more so than like. No, for sure, mm-hmm. and I mean that kind of speaks on how it's ultimately evolving. Um, but right. we'll talk about that later. But. Really, what it comes down to is that I appreciated seeing that kind of grind because I feel like at this age, to a certain point, you just kind of create the grind and you make your passions usually into a business of some sort. Not necessarily right off the bat, but obviously we're all trying to find our way to make income. And so what I appreciate about Apollo's grind is that, you know, I guess we're both alike because we're not really the type to, I wouldn't say be a sellout and kind of make money off something that we love. I mean, for example, I'm into videography. Mm. I have never made money mm. doing that. And, you know, and at a certain point, like sometimes, right. There is definitely nothing wrong with that, but at a certain point, it's like, that's what you're gifted in. And that's something that you realize that you're good in. So why not mm. make a little bit of cash? Yeah. The passion is still there and whatnot. But for Paulo, what I noticed is that he really took off with, boxing and training others and i saw the early phases of that and then it turned into what's now again creative striking which he had a lot of clients as well as fighters to train at some point Mm. so like i just want to know where that really came from and so looking back at how you grew Mm up just tell me about your childhood and you know how you were as a person how would you describe Uh, yourself when i was like a little kid i was I feel like yeah. I was a little shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Just, I heard, I heard you're a ball of energy. Like, ultimately, like, you're, you're that kid. Yeah. Which is funny because yeah. you're pretty mellow now. Yeah. You know, you know how, like, you know, when you're a kid, kids are very, are very visual. You know, you're attracted to, yeah. You're attracted to anything that, like, catches your eye, you know? So we're like four right. or five years old and you're watching, like, Power Rangers or something, you know? Yeah. And that's just something that, like, gets you going, obviously. Like when you're that age, right? Yeah. And you just think it's super cool, right? So, yeah, if I was going to be really honest, like when I was a little kid, like just my fascination with martial arts started with that. Yeah. And then it was like a, a few years later, I think I was like eight. It was like the eight to 10 range, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and my dad actually, he practiced karate before, like when he was in the Philippines. So my first introduction mm. to actual martial arts training was through him and what um what type of martial arts did he do in the pa assuming it's different from oh him what we see yeah, here he, in america he just learned karate oh, okay yeah it was like a like a full contact style there's a lot of sparring involved there's like fighting in, involved yeah like there are other styles that that aren't as um like combat based yeah but what he learned it was pretty like direct it was pretty simple and it was like <clears throat> it was it was things you could apply to like combat and so he kind of passed that down onto you like do you feel like it was kind of pushed on you no because i already had that um i had that like fascination with it when i was a little bit younger Mm. so it was i thought it was like really cool and i i have this memory of uh just being around that age being like 
around like six to ten, like during those years. And uh, he would do yeah. these. Uh, my dad would like be in the bedroom and he'd be doing like these like breathing exercises and like these these punching oh, exercices. <laughs> and I always yeah. wondered what he was doing. And you remember he told yeah. me what it was, and then that's when he like started teaching me. Yeah, yeah, and I just always remember him doing that. Like that was before. Um, l- later on he got arthritis, so it was like harder for him up with that right back in the day but at some point like did you want to get into like that kind of contact or was it more of the the mentality that was behind was it taekwondo or karate yeah it was karate at first karate yeah yeah because i do remember seeing old pictures of you um in like what is it a blue outfit is that was that you i don't remember oh dude that was my uh, that was you know what i'm talking about i was in preschool yeah so uh, it started pretty early which is funny because it's like when I got to know you, like I, n- I never really saw you being into that kind of stuff. Cause yeah. Um, yeah. just a side note, like Paulo's pretty big on music <clears throat> and him and Michael are like two of the biggest musicians that I know that are, that I'm close to at least who have always, music has always surrounded your guys' lives. And so that's kind of how I've viewed it, but that's why it's interesting talking about boxing. I, you have that fascination for that as well. Yeah. And obviously it's taken off to become, you know, a different beast in yeah, your life man. today. I mean, looking back on it, that was, <clears throat> that was my real like first love. You yeah. Know? And it's actually not something, especially in high school, it wasn't something that I talked about a lot, like with you guys, just yeah. I knew that there wasn't really any interest from your guys' end. So, you know, yeah, for sure. I'm not going to push that on anybody that doesn't want to hear about it. Right. Right. But it's always been a part of my life. Yeah, from like a really young age. So kind of fast forward to high school. You mentioned that like you didn't really like talking about it. Mm. Were you still involved in <clears throat> karate at that time? Or oh, yeah. I'm curious. So so I, my dad was training me when I was younger, right? Right. And then so I had like the fundamentals down from like, yeah, around 8 to 10. And then I started you know, I, I played around with that for like a few years and then I started taking lessons again from an actual school. So I had like uh, the foundation for my dad and I started taking from taking lessons from this martial arts school down the street from yeah. my parents' house. Uh, and I did that for like a year and it yeah. was like a mixture of, uh, and I think I, I was 14, 15 at this time. Yeah. So I did that for about a year and the, the, the spot was like, it was like a mix of different martial arts. It was like karate and they had like judo and there was like mm-hmm. Kung Fu in there too. And like Aikido, like all, all this stuff it was just like a, a mix. So we'd work on like different stuff and uh, did that for like about a year. And then actually, was it later that summer? It was, I think it was the summer after I like graduated from middle school. Mm-hmm. And my cousin came from the Philippines. So for people that don't know, uh, anything about Filipino martial arts, it's like it's like weapons based. Yeah. They use sticks a lot. It's pretty like comprehensive art, but people know it for like the use of sticks and like weapons, like knives. They actually teach that in PE in the Philippines in high school and college. So And this isn't that long ago, right? No. Like I, which is funny because it's a I don't know much history behind it, but I do know what's it called again? The stick fighting? Uh, there's like three different names for it, but oh okay. Uh, oh, there's different ones. Oh shit. Yeah, I, or, I mean it's pretty much the same thing, but people just have different yeah. like names for it. But in school they call it um Arnis. Arnis. Okay, yeah. I've heard it as something else. Have you heard it as like Escrima or something? Escrima. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's. I know the history behind that. I mean, just throwing it in here. Yeah. Back in when Spain held the Philippines, there was like Escrima warriors. So ultimately, that's a Spanish fighting style, which obviously influenced a lot of what Philippines is today. Yeah, there is like, there's definitely, if you look at some of the styles, there's like fencing influence from, yeah. Yeah, which is hilarious. It's very like evident. This is the street fencing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. For for the brown people. It's pretty much like they watched them and then pick yeah. up like some of that like even with some of like the postures you know like they have like their other hand out they're uh yeah they're posing as if they're you know fighting with like a fencing sword or something like that yeah yeah so that's why i, I always think of uh zorro yeah dude <laughs> and uh how he oppressed our people no i'm just kidding. okay we need- all right <laughs> we don't need to talk about that um it's sorry another, but another yeah podcast. um 
No, but your cousin was really into that. Like once he moved here to the PI um, from the so, PI, so he competed in high school because they had they teach it in PE, but they also huh. um, it's also featured as a high school sport. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you you can compete against you compete against other people, other schools. So he was on the yeah. team, and like there's like two different ways of competing. One is um, one is basically just like a display of skill where you're right. by yourself and you're like displaying right. techniques. You know, you you. You come up with a routine, basically. Right. Right. You just kind of display what you know. And the other portion of it is like the sparring portion where you actually go head to head with somebody. So that's what he yeah. did. So when he came over here, like he was my first uh, like Filipino martial arts teacher. Yeah. Right. And we worked oh, on that influence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. And honestly, like, yeah, I mean, I love Filipino martial arts, you know. Yeah. And us being Filipino, it's like it, it's cool to have something to feel more in touch with your roots. Yeah. You know. So kind of using that as an example. So after you did, after you were introduced to, I forgot what you called it, but yeah, Iskrima, would you say that your interest kind of changed towards that? Like rather than going back to karate, what I'm saying is like, what was your mentality continuing to do karate? Mm -hmm. And then how did it change once you learned Iskrima and kind of like your world was open towards that kind Mm -hmm. of fighting and, you know. Um, okay. So originally, how was it? Yeah. So so growing up, you know, as with a lot of people, a lot of people who are into martial arts, like Bruce Lee, was yeah. a really big influence. And not even just in martial arts, but like staying within that context, like you know, he had this this philosophy about um uh just kind of researching. If you if you're interested in something, like you research it as much as you can, and you right. you take what's useful. And you, you do away with anything that's that's useless, like for you, you take what works for you. And, you know, you kind of use that as like the basis for, for what you do, you know, and it's mm. just this, this, this process that never ends. It's like you're constantly like, and this can apply to anything, like you're constantly picking up knowledge and you, you're keeping what works for you, what's useful. And you pretty much mm. like do away with what doesn't like have any relevance to whatever you do. Mm. But um, yeah, going off that. He, he researched like so many different martial arts like during his time and he used it to, to come up with his own style, right? So like after learning Filipino martial arts, like I think I was just uh, motivated to learn more because I, I right. was so with that mentality of just uh, pretty much like learning anything that I could that was related to martial arts. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, even, like, I mean, I mean, this is kind of relating to you know, because I do know you as a person, <laughs> it's part of your identity too. Because I yeah, tend to totally. gravitate towards things that are, you know, towards Filipino culture and mm-hmm. ultimately learning about, you know, our heritage somehow. Yeah. So would you say that kind of played a role in that too? Oh uh, yeah, totally. And it was like I actually had Michael kind of touched on this in your last podcast, where it's like, yeah. you know, being Asian American, you don't really have a lot of like a. Uh, you don't see a lot of role models in media, you know, and like right. representation. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, you know, to have something like that, that kind of like empowers you at a young age, yeah. it's like something that it was something that like, I knew I was never going to let go. of. Yeah. Just having as your own for sure. Cause it's like a tangible thing that it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Taekwondo is cool. Karate is mm-hmm. cool, whatever. Yeah. But it's like at the cool. core. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like at the yeah. core, like it resonates with like what's familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. So kind of keeping those things in, in mind, I think it's also interesting because it's like, again, I never saw you as like, I knew there's an interest in fighting because I do remember like you guys would like you and your homies would like <laughs> fight in like your <laughs> living room or some shit, <laughs> which like, is hilarious because, uh, yeah, like it's funny because that reminds me of when I was a kid because um, yeah. I was big on Power Rangers and shit. Like I was mm-hmm. actually kind of. I wouldn't say I was like a little shit, but when it came to me and my cousins, we would actually like not fist fight, but like we would wrestle and shit. But it was just funny to see like you and your friends doing that because we were probably like high school age by then. And Uh, so that kind of threw me off. But I think that just kind of speaks volumes about like, you know, maybe some of them were doing it for fun, but like just having that competitive nature, but also being into. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really, uh. I didn't talk about that that part of like, me too much. I didn't figure that was like something that was too acceptable or like. No, that's fine. Yeah, I mean. when I was younger, like yeah, in high school too. Yeah, our friend group definitely wasn't into. Our main yeah. friend group definitely wasn't into that kind of stuff yeah. at the time. Uh, so kind of leading up to today, uh, 
we mentioned already. Yeah. So ultimately, you would consider yourself a trainer as well as a participant, you know, in boxing and competing. Yeah. Um. So just kind of keeping that in mind, what are some moments where you feel like you were hindered from pursuing this interest in um, boxing? No, okay. I've never actually competed in boxing. I've competed huh. in like full contact, like kickboxing. Hmm. I got my, you know, when I was taking uh, karate like formally. Um, but I, I definitely felt like that was something that I still kind of feel like that today. Like there, you see in the pro levels, um, there are people that have trainers who have never actually fought professionally. Yeah. And, you know, they make it work, but it's definitely something that um, it like pushes me to try to be better. It's all, it's almost like I'm kind of like overcompensating sometimes, you know, definitely like plays with my mind a little bit or it used to. So I just knew that like my skills had to be there like so much more. No, but I get what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like, I think people also underestimate like you can be a great fighter, but meant like the mentality behind that. Sometimes you need that to right. kind of be a balanced person in whatever field. So I'm saying that because like, for example, what you said kind of resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Like I coached a lot of uh grade school to middle school basketball yeah dude i remember obviously it's for fun i mean basketball i wasn't in competitive basketball or like school or league necessarily (laughs) as much as i wanted to be (laughs) the thing is that i had so much love for the sport yeah like i was a fan but ultimately like i was a student of the game you have a mind for it right and yeah i couldn't do it physically at some point but just the love to be a mentor as well as kind of yeah. pass that on to like the next generation. Like that was my mentality behind it. Oh yeah. And, and you know what you're talking about too, you know? Like, yeah. And I, I guess in a way, like I was compensating cause it's like, I never got to experience it firsthand, but that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily hinder people from taking my advice or my leadership from it. So right. kind of comparing that to you, like, yeah, you haven't fought formally, but mm-hmm. What was your approach from there? Because I want to hear like how you kind of approach that challenge. Cause that does sound like a challenge where, you know, maybe you did get backlash, whatever, but yeah, take me through that. I think, uh, yeah. going back to that, I knew like my own skills had to be like, or I felt like my own skills had to be so much more on point just because I was mm. from, I wasn't coming from the competitive background. Right. Boxing. Right. Right. And, um, you're the underdog. That's really what it comes yeah, down to. Pretty much. Um, or what? Yeah. But other people may not think about that yeah. for all you know. But yeah. But so actually going backtracking a little bit, going back to Filipino martial arts, a lot of uh, a lot of the movements in that uh, can also be applied to boxing and a lot of like mm. and kind of like vice versa. You know, there are a lot yeah. of uh, parallels between the two. Um, and some people actually say that that modern boxing was heavily influenced by Filipino martial arts. That's kind of like another story, but yeah. So like having learned all that from my cousin and teaching me like weapons and then some empty hand stuff too. Right. Mm. That was kind of like the basis for, for, for boxing like for me anyways. And then yeah. kind of throwing in some karate, but I had like, I've had like help along the way as well. Um, mm. A good friend of mine, Brian, he boxed in high school in Hawaii in the amateurs. Shout out mm. to him. Um, I learned a lot of, uh, I feel like these days I'm kind of like known for, for doing a lot of mate work with people, mm. working on the pads with people and a lot of that, yeah. like I got from him. So yeah. that was something that I knew that I needed in my skill set. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing that, that I've been able to add to my game, like over the years, aside from just knowing fighting itself, you know? Yeah. It's like being like having the, the ability to teach it and knowing it are like two different things, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, like what part of that kind of drives you? Because you kind of have been mentioning that you like collaborating with a lot of people. Mm. So does that kind of inspire you to keep going at it? or No, like- totally. Um, so I love training people to fight. Like mm. the fitness aspect of it is cool. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I never, when I got into this, um, that was just something that, that came along with people finding out that I, you know, that, that I trained people. They're like, right. you know, they'd hit me up, not necessarily with the goal of fighting. It would just be to maybe get in shape, you know? And it was right. something that I, that I took on first. But lately over the past year, I've con- kind of gone back to my roots of 
just it being very like combat focused and focusing on like the application of the techniques rather than just like getting a workout in because at the end of the day that's like my passion you know the the application of it and kind of like the art the art of of boxing or like whatever martial art you know right so yeah so my main motivation is just like training people so that they can like succeed in the ring right just in a gist i i mean i feel like so for creative striking what originally was seen as you know just kind of a hobby and then you're training people outside of our group of friends and whatnot yeah yeah um i do remember correct me if i'm wrong but you it sounded like you kind of wanted to take a step back from that it's like oh wait maybe i don't want to have the company aspect of this Mm -hmm. but just kind of go back to like you said like your roots yeah just go back to hey let's just kind of do this for fun yeah and you know kind of let it turn into whatever it will turn into yeah it's actually that that was hindering me i feel like i was getting away from from what i originally meant to do so yeah i did take a break from from training people but then like doing it for fun is actually uh it's been a lot more uh fulfilling i guess it has been more take, fulfilling. and i've been sorry yeah. to cut you off but take yeah. me through that realization because i feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. once they start i mean not saying that you came in it for the money mm-hmm. But I feel like once money, I mean, is one of the things that will be involved. Take me through that change from like, oh, wait, maybe I don't want this. Like what was running through your mind before you decided, okay, let's go back to our roots. Right. Uh, so, you, you know, Ross. You yeah. Ross. Ross yeah. And Ross and Michael were getting for Ross was getting ready for his first fight. Yeah. So Ross is one of the fighters yeah. and friends that Paula has. Yeah. He was getting ready for his first fight. And this was like a little over two years ago now he was getting Uh ready for his first fight and michael was getting ready for his second fight and at that time like i was still trying to run it as this just this kind of like all-purpose like boxing training business right yeah so i was trying to do that i was trying to train them and also train other people casually at the same time right Uh. and it was just really conflicting you know and uh you know we were able to get the job done but yeah, it was definitely just taking time away from from what I knew my true focus was. Right. Which was getting people ready to fight, like in the ring. Right. Yeah. The main divide in, uh, I guess, the boxing industry or just like is this divide between uh, the fitness portion and the actual fighting portion. Right? Uh-huh. But you wanted the fighting portion at the time. Yeah. And, you know, okay. I feel like I'm kind of like a purist when it comes to that, just because it's been such like a big, no, part, for sure. you know? Yeah. You know, a lot of people struggle with this uh, because boxing, fitness boxing is so big right now. Pretty big industry. Like people are making a lot of money off that. It's super trendy right now. So mm-hmm. you have people who are kind of, uh, you have gyms that have had to convert to, to fitness boxing over like, you know, their, their traditional format of just training people to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Just to recap, sorry, I got confused there. Um, so your goal, or at least the challenge that you wanted to take at the time, was just to focus strictly on your fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not to throw shade at the other no, people, but course. like, yeah, it's more of like you. That was your challenge at the time, right? Yeah. yeah. So you game. really wanted to go full force. Like I get that. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so once that did happen, like, how did that change your approach again, or After like, what was your yeah, what was your mentality after that? The um, two fights. The the fights went well, and then I don't yeah. know. We, we kind of just we we took a little break. People kind of went their separate ways a little bit. Um, right. Ross was exploring like he was exploring Filipino martial arts and Muay Thai, and then I know Michael was a uh, yeah you know he was doing his own thing. Um, yeah. So we did take a little bit of a break. It's only been kind of yeah you know, recently over the past yeah you know, I'd say six months that we've really yeah. gotten back into it but now my uh i don't know i just i'm just a lot happier with it just because i get yeah. to focus on on that aspect of it yeah with just people who people who are into like into it for the same reasons you know um obviously it is still the pandemic still happening but kind of putting that idea aside like what kind of sustains you to keep having that fire to want to do that i think a lot of people can agree that when you do we talked about this before our episode, but like when you do a little bit too much of sometimes full force into like a passion project or, you know, something that you enjoy, quote unquote, doing for fun, 
yeah. a lot of people kind of can get really burnt out very easily from that. Oh. I mean, I mentioned this earlier, but one of the realities is that I know that if I continue doing this podcast in this format, like mm-hmm. it's it is a little hard to be inspired to keep hearing people's stories. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but on a personal level, it's like I know if you have a little bit too much of something good, yeah. like it does get draining after a while. No, totally. So how would you say you're going to continue to kind of keep that flame and kind of keep it fresh is ultimately what I'm asking. I guess, yeah, for me, I, I've definitely experienced that too, where I get burnt out on boxing. That's when I start kind of going into like the other disciplines that I study, you know, like I'll spend mm. some more time like working on Filipino martial arts or like I'll spend mm. some more time like on karate, you know, and, and sometimes you just need to take like a break altogether. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, there's that's a funny thing too. A lot of people think like break means you quit. It's like, no. Nah. Like nah. a lot of the times it's just preparing yourself mentally because yeah. you know, you I'm sure everything. LeBron doesn't love basketball every single second of his life, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it sounds corny, but it's like sometimes you got to be a family man and sometimes you got to be yeah, man. There's like different know. aspects of your life that you have to attend to, you know. Right. Yeah. And it's part of your identity too. Yeah. Which is how much do I do you identify with not necessarily boxing, but it's is it more of like what's behind that? Like Yeah. I, I get what do you think? When I was younger, in high school specifically, I, I almost didn't want to associate myself with that. Mm. I didn't really want to mention it as much just because I don't know, people 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 typically hear like MMA, they hear boxing and they think like yeah. aggression, you know, or like, yeah, it's like, Oh, you a badass, Okay. Like anger, you know, like, right. I, I wasn't right. really with that at right. the time, you know? And it was something that I just struggled to like accept about myself and like be open about. So right. I didn't want to have that image. I didn't want people to, to think that I was like right. an angry person or like I was into violence. The, yeah. The misconceptions. Yeah. yeah exactly. Perceptions, whatever. Yeah. Like the past few years, I've kind of tried to not try to like, it's something that I've accepted as like part of me. And it's like, yeah, I kind of wanted to mention that too. Cause it's like kind of hearing your upbringing. Like mm-hmm. it's not that you were ashamed, but it's more of like, you don't want people to look at you a certain way, Exactly. but it is nice and refreshing to hear that. Like you've kind of, maybe that comes with the age and the maturity, but it's more of like, you've, you've taken ownership of it Yeah. where totally. it's like, Oh, this is mine. Like, and you, the thing about you and I is that like we just kind of like to have it in our own kind of way, in our own kind of flair where it feels genuine. And so obviously with you, it's like, you know, working one-on-one with clients and not necessarily a group setting. No, yeah. You hit it like on the head. Yeah. I I love working with people one-on-one because for me, it's all about details, you know? Mm -hmm. And what have you gravitated towards working more one-on-one with a fighter or with a, a friend just kind of helping get a exercise out or whatever? Honestly, anybody who's down to be to be coached, anyone who's down to learn uh-huh. and really do it the right way, and anyone who's down to pay attention to technique, you know? Mm. I, I know I mentioned working with fighters, but mm. the reason I like that so much is because they, they're so focused on the details, you know? Because they need mm. this to be able to, to compete in the ring, you know? Right. Know exactly what you're doing. But if somebody comes to me, they're not necessarily looking to fight, but they want to learn like the art of whatever, you know? Right. And that's something that I love. And I like to work with people one on one because, you know, I I like to teach. And to vouch for you on that, I mean, you have. Dude, we've had a couple sessions. Yeah. I I probably had like at least two. I remember I was balls deep into it because I bought mitts and everything. I still have my shit, whatever. Yeah. He's making um, a comeback. He's making a comeback. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, but um, no, but for to vouch for you, it is interesting how uh, you do have that ability to tailor your approach when you know working with other people because somebody can, like I said, somebody can be completely skilled right. in boxing, but yeah. then they would just be like, "Oh, you're doing this wrong, this wrong." But yeah. obviously, you're able to be like, "No, this is you know, this is a workout or." You know, this is a trained fighter, but ultimately it's like you're able to be able to teach effectively. And I definitely saw that because I remember, you know, I guess I'm not necessarily a competitive person, but I do like pushing myself to like, I do like getting the 
the format and the form and right. yeah. the basics of it. Yeah, the technique. And I remember you would like break it down for me based off, you know, I am pretty technical once it comes to certain physical things. So. Yeah, and I like that actually. I remember yeah. the sessions, yeah. Very detail-oriented as well. Yeah. yeah. So kind of going off of that, um, you mm-hmm. clearly like, being a mentor so who are some mentors that you kind of look back to either people that you know by person in person or role models from a distance uh from a distance definitely going back to bruce lee yeah that one probably sounds really typical but no but just being able to grab those specific lessons from him i thought that was pretty cool yeah yeah and uh i don't know i just thought it was cool he was a seattle guy you know yeah he had that um that the immigrant experience as well you know he, right he uh he battled with like discrimination and uh also people just not really accepting like his he's pretty known for being ahead of his time in terms of his thinking of yeah. wanting to wanting to blend different arts right and doing what was what was practical versus mm. versus doing something just for the sake of tradition um yeah he's somebody like yeah from a distance that i definitely looked up to um uh but yeah in my own life probably like my my dad my dad's like like that's how i got started with martial arts and he's also like a huge fight fan you know filipino families like filipino dads are knowing are known for for being really big basketball fans right like like a basketball (laughs) what no what i don't know what you're talking about what (laughs) but yeah like that's what we're known for right for the most part, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but my dad's always been, yeah, he's been into that, but he's always been a huge fight fan. Like, mm. I remember, um, and everybody knows who Pacquiao is now. Everybody knows yeah. who Pacquiao is. I remember being 11 years old and it being like, it was pretty late at night and we were watching, uh, we we caught Manny Pacquiao's US debut. Like, Wait, is that like when he was uh, sponsored by No Fear? Dude, yeah. And he had the fucking blonde tips. Yep, yep. Oh god, exactly what I'm talking about. Uh huh. But yeah, I remember catching that moment on TV with my dad. So Uh like, we've always been into fighting in like different ways. Like whether it was like learning martial arts or like watching it on TV or talking about it. Like, it's always been there. And then my cousin, like I mentioned earlier. So those are the main two. Would you say it's more of the mental aspect that you learn from them like their values or just kind of approach towards towards fighting because obviously people don't fight just for the sake of fighting necessarily (laughs) there's always a reason behind that yeah and i guess like did they teach you lessons through fighting in a better way compared to i guess in real life you know what i'm saying i mean to be honest my dad just taught me to not take any shit from people like if it's no, like, but that's huge because yeah. learning that through fighting, I mean, it's a yeah. different way of thinking about it too. Yeah, I mean, he didn't like, you know, he didn't he didn't teach me that lesson in like a hard way or anything. But... Right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, my mind just went somewhere else. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Your dad definitely taught you in like a physical manner, not abusive, just yeah, throwing that abusive. out there. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, you know, just like old school lessons like that. Yeah. Um, you know, when it was time to like stand up for yourself and right. So you need to do <clears throat> right. Yeah. Which is interesting that you say that. Cause it's like, um, I don't really know your dad, which is yeah, kind of funny. Cause I guess I can say that he's like most typical Filipino dads, <laughs> this man, a few words. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting that like fighting was kind of his language to be like, hey, this yeah. is a life lesson you 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 need to learn because yeah. that's probably how he learned somehow, mm-hmm. you know. And I I didn't I don't mean it like don't take shit from anybody in a bad way, but it's more of like yeah. obviously a lot of the lessons from any hobby that you have like transfers to life. Yeah, yeah, like there's a line for certain things like regardless right. of what it is. Yeah, and right. it's it doesn't. I'm not talking about like necessarily standing up for yourself by like fighting even right right you know sometimes you just got to stand your ground right and things like you know whether it's like your beliefs you know maybe it's at work you know right so what's the best piece of advice that you've received from a mentor 
maybe directly or indirectly. I mean, I I do know you mentioned Bruce Lee's Bruce yeah. Lee, but maybe from your personal life that you've really resonated with and kind of taking that along with you. So actually, no, yeah. So going back to uh, uh, when I used to coach at Evolve, and Evolve is like so uh, a smaller uh, yeah, boxing gym in yeah. Seattle. But I remember working there for a little bit and, you know, just kind of chopping it up with the trainers. Yeah. And I remember when, you know, just kind of like expressing like some insecurity about kind of what we talked about earlier about how because I never competed. Right. I felt like I had this chip on my shoulder to be better. Right. Right. Always be better, like always be on point. Right. But I remember um, hearing from, you know, one of the trainers after this conversation and him saying that, you know, you should just like like play to your strengths you know it's like there's a reason that you're here like why you were you were hired like mm. why we wanted you to be here so it's like like play to your strengths you know is basically what he's saying like if you're good mm. at something it's like if you accomplish something there's a reason that that happened and mm. you can work on your weaknesses it's important to do that too but it's like at the end of the day it's important to focus on what you do well mm. yeah i'm just curious what was his background if oh, he knew a, he was a pro boxer Okay. Um, well, that is cool to hear, though, and refreshing because it's like, yeah, I'm sure it kind of took time for him to even have that mentality. Because, like I said, as a pro, whatever experienced uh, boxer, mm-hmm. I feel like that does come with maturity at some point. Like, and that's not even just by doing this sport necessarily. Dude, um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was definitely like, you know, it was it was great to hear, and it like, and he kind of like validated like my skills. Yeah, you know no, that's sick. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah. I still feel insecure about that from time to time, but like getting that right. validation from people who who are in it, you know, right, it helps a lot. Yeah. You know? So not that there's an end goal, but what's your next goal for creative striking? Oh yeah. So right now, um, right now I'm working with an MMA fighter sick. Uh, that we that I actually uh, connected with through through Michael. Shout out to Michael again. And yeah, he's fought professionally. He's from he's from Cali, mm-hmm. but his name's uh, Anthony. He's a little bit older now. Uh, he's like thirty nine, forty. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to get in like the last few fights before he probably has to retire. But yeah. right now, I'm just really focused on on trying to get him ready ready for that. And this is MMA this time. This is like a completely different um, you know, it's gonna be a completely different experience for me. Like I've never been, uh, I've never coached somebody for that. Right now, we're just working on like the the, the boxing portion of it. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, Ross, going back to Ross, he's uh he's helping us with like the kickboxing portion of that. Mm. So like that's our current project right now. Yeah. No, that's sick. No, that's exciting because it's like you do mention that it is different field of fighting, but at the yeah. same time, like break it down to its core, like you're just going to be teaching or reinforcing like things that you've done before it just looks different you know what i mean right and even cooler how uh it is an older fighter but like he's rolling with younger guys so it just kind of shows like like, this guy is still game i know (laughs) has a lot of heart still yeah yeah i was um yeah that's been great like that's been one blessing of this whole pandemic yeah just the opportunity to work with someone like that you know right well, I'm yeah. sure he has a lot of stories too. Um, yeah, you know, someone who's been there. And I don't know that. what the mentality is behind that. Like from a right off the bat, someone would be like, "Oh, you're old as shit." You know what <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, it's like you don't know what he has been through as a fighter or yeah, you know, or like as a person. Personally, yeah, yeah, oh, that's sick. Yeah, this is kind of just changing pace. This is just going to be kind of general questions, but yeah. uh, so what's one life event that you're most <laughs> thankful for? Um, in the realm of, I guess, boxing or as a coach or, you know, as a fighter. So the reason that I, so before I had the creative striking name, right. Yeah. We were just training, right. Just training to train. Right. Yeah. And I remember, I remember going to, um, the San Francisco in was this, 2018. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I reconnected with a friend from down there. And I remember we were just like at a bar, just talking. Right. And, you know, this is at the time when, you know, we're just like casually training. I was casually training people up here. So anyways, I'm at this bar, like talking with my friend. And then, you know, I'm like 27 at the time, you know, or kind of just having like this like quarter life crisis conversation. Right. Yeah. That shit's real. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
like I was talking, we were both talking about how we wanted to like do certain things before, I guess, like settling down. Right. And, you know, by that time, like a bunch of our friends were already getting engaged or married right. or having kids, you know, and it wasn't necessarily right. something that like we were ready for at the time. Not something right. that we didn't want, but you want to be able to accomplish certain things before you ideally before like getting into that kind of situation. But right. yeah, I remember having that conversation and like leaving there and just like that. That's when I really had like the idea to, to turn it into something, to turn it into something just because I felt like I owed it to myself to to do more with it. You know, if it was something I was so passionate about, then it's like, why would I not try to like take it further? Yeah, it's like you're young. It's like you have the opportunity in front of you, like you have the skills, like mm -hmm. you have the people with you, like behind you, supporting you along the way. So that was um, that little like interaction with my friend was uh, ultimately kind of that driving force. I mean, I'm not going to speak for others, but like on a personal level, mm -hmm. it's funny how that one moment can definitely inspire you even though there's probably been like a lot of moments before that where you've been on the fence about it mm -hmm. i'm sure you've thought about this before <clears throat> oh, i mean you don't have to admit it or not <laughs> and i like how you said that at not necessarily at that moment but it's like man you, you're right like i do owe it to myself and mm -hmm. having the mentality of like i do owe being invested in yeah and kind of like bring that self-love in which i mean do you think that was a case for you? No, totally. Like <clears throat> it was, it was an instance where I just kind of like had to accept that part of my life, like completely, you know, yeah. it's like if I'm going to do this and I'm acknowledging that this is like so much part of my identity that I have right. to like go for this in this way. And, right. and I don't even mean like <clears throat> trying to turn it into a career necessarily, but. Right. But I think it's funny that you say that. Cause uh, you know, I think me, you and Michael, um, especially, and, you know, some of our other friends, we resonate so well with each other because it's like when we go into a hobby decision, whatever, I think we can all agree that we all go full force. Yeah, we go hard. And that's kind of yeah. something that we just have, like, that's very yeah. similar amongst all of us. So. <clears throat> definitely. I definitely feel that way. Um, so if you had one opportunity to change the past, what would it be? Um. I don't necessarily think I would change the past, but I think I would have started sooner. I think that's the one thing that I would have like changed. I actually think about that a lot. It's like, oh man, I just wish I started doing this like sooner. Yeah. It's like kind of, why do you think that is though? What difference do you think it'd make? I think now that I've hit 30, I know I'm not old, you know? Yeah. And I've actually fully accepted the fact that I'm in my thirties now. Right. But it would have just been like, more time doing something that i love yeah yeah true but i mean to play devil's advocate do you think you would still have that same mature mentality about it yeah see that's the flip side it's like maybe i had yeah. to go through these experiences in order to get to that you know in order right. to realize it and it's funny actually how that ended up how i ended up getting back into it it just oh. you know the thing was uh dude it's such a big part of me right yeah i'm almost like it, it kind of like pains me to think that it didn't come back like like full force like in true but like it's, yeah i think i was 20, 27 at the time like turning 27 yeah yeah because that shit's real man no, like really that is. has i mean i i'm i'm speaking on behalf of myself like a lot of things have held me back and now i guess it i'm realizing like why didn't i do this when i was like a teenager yeah man you know what i mean yeah it does make me think now like man time's kind of ticking at least we are capitalizing now. Like yeah. that's my mentality now. I'm just glad. Yeah, I'm just glad that I'm doing it now. You know. But I also think it's identity thing too. I mean, not yeah. to say that people have controlled my life, but to an extent, kind of. Yeah. To to be honest, like I I really feel like, I really feel like I watered myself down. Yeah. For a while, you know, just to be able to fit in with you know certain certain people, yeah. like certain friends, you know. Yeah, no, I can agree like, with that. That was myself too. such like a, it was something that I, I you know, already talked about this with that I hid. Yeah, or I didn't talk about, but, you know, which is such a big part of me. Like there was no reason right. to water myself down in the beginning. Right. So yeah, you wouldn't repeat anything. That's basically what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So would you say, how about moments that you would like to 
relive like some of the best years or best moments that you've had as a as a coach as a fighter as a trainer oh like uh some of my favorite memories were getting ready for the ross's first fight slash michael's mm. second fight you know yeah and, you guys trained super hard for that and yeah i remember like late nights for that too yeah we were like at the park like because we didn't have an actual gym to train at at the time right i remember we needed more space we couldn't just we couldn't just uh, train in my garage, you know? Yeah. So it was summertime, so the sun was setting super late. So we were just taking advantage of that as much as possible. Like, we were at the yeah. park, like, like literally until the lights went off, right? Yeah. Ross and Michael were, like, sparring each other, like, pretty much in the dark. Yeah. Like, we were just doing anything and going anywhere that we could to, to be yeah. able to, to train. But I just, I miss those times because I was the most stressed out during that time. <laughs> Because I, yeah. I didn't know, like, if the stuff that we were working on, like, specifically me and Ross, yeah, like, how effective it was going to be in the ring. Right. Right. But, and even though it was an exhibition match, the people who were there, like, the people that saw that fight, like, they know that, they know that Ross yeah. won. Yeah. Like, that was, like, one of the biggest, like, just because we had started in the garage, like, as yeah. like, a little team. Humble beginnings, man. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. We started in the garage as this little team, just kind of, like, bullshitting and, like, doing it yeah. for fun. Always doing it for fun, you know, just because we yeah. did it. But when the opportunity came to, like, showcase what yeah. we could do, like, both of them, like, stepped up. Both of them stepped up. Was that your first uh, fight to coach? Mm -hmm. That was my first, like, coaching. Yeah, so it was, like, your defining moment, too, I'm sure. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It was huge. Yeah, we never really yeah. thought we were going to do that. And then it just, the opportunity yeah. presented itself. Yeah. 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 Shout out to uh, both, of those, both of those. So this is kind of on the fly, but like, how would you compare yourself or your process then mm -hmm. as a coach and like how you were mm -hmm. compared to now as a coach? Like, do you think right. that you've kind of laid less hands-on approach or more hands-on approach? Like, what's your, how do you coach differently now? Um, I've definitely always been hands-on and uh, I'm always going to be like that i think especially uh -huh. because i love to work one-on-one -on -one so much to really get the details down uh -huh. but uh like now versus then like the differences um, maybe men mentally yeah, I, as well i think so in terms of the the actual training i feel like i've yeah. simplified it a lot like ah. yeah because before i felt like i was trying to key in on too many things right yeah but now i feel like just from experience like uh, guys know what they want to work on and I, yeah. I and knowing them like I know what they should work on yeah so it's like it's just finding that balance yeah it's just like yeah the process has been kind of streamlined yeah and you know it's come about from just like spending time spending time with the people that you work with you know and like knowing them and I really like that part especially because it's like you come into probably like going into being a coach, yeah. you come in thinking like, oh, I got to do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Part of it, maybe oh, yeah. it's a flex. Exactly. That's exactly you know what, what I mean? Did. But the other part is like, no, but this is textbook part of it and yeah, you know, what I've learned. Dude, I remember before I was doing all these like, and not to knock these drills because they're great drills. But <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. doing all these like cone drills and stuff. Yeah. And, like these movement drills and like yeah. all this stuff. Like I was like, oh, I have to do this stuff or else like <laughs> um, my fighter is not gonna they're not gonna no engage, yeah you know like you think it matters but then when it when all is said and done you had your first fight or you know yeah. Or, and it's yeah. just kind of like oh and again made... like not to knock anybody because that stuff is definitely like important and if that's part of your yeah routine, then like that's great you know like yeah but we just know that like we know what we want to work on and yeah yeah we've said i do laugh at your uh scheduled um or like your game plan like for training or whatever yeah um i can definitely relate i remember when i started coaching basketball they had a strict schedule and then obviously it's kids so they're like i don't want to fucking do this and i'm like you have to yeah no dude, and then that's exactly yeah. how i felt before like right like, my anxiety was so high that i was like if we don't do this we're gonna lose you're gonna get knocked out <laughs> right but then you realize like oh that was not necessarily a waste of time, but it kind of made you realize, like, oh, this isn't as important as I thought it was. Yeah, you know, the whole, like, uh, the whole idea of, like, taking what's useful, like, you know, researching yeah. everything and then taking what's useful and, like, right. doing away with the things that you don't need. Right. But yeah. it's cool to see how that mentality just kind of came back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because maybe you don't realize it or not, but maybe that's always at the back of your head. 
like you're kind of your mantra i guess you can say i think it when is, you know what i mean yeah. no that's that's pretty cool to like live by because obviously that can apply to other aspects of just life in general yeah so it's interesting to see that that you know single quote or whatever yeah makes that big of an impact you're like cutting away at the fat you know yeah just keeping like what's important and right right which is just hard to do as a coach i feel like yeah and like just in life too like i feel like we both kind of gone along in life like lately and you're just you know you're trying to stay with what's like important you know yeah not put energy into things that don't like serve your purpose right yeah so what are three things you're most thankful for right now three you know just life in general oh my family i'm thankful that we're healthy right now like yeah considering everything uh, going on it's a necessity man yeah it's i mean i haven't been able to see yeah so family one and you know i haven't been able to to see you guys like yeah obviously as much you know but i'm thankful that you know as you get older it's like you kind of your, your circle like it gets smaller you know you kind of like you retain right who you're, who you're closest with but i'm really thankful for you guys you know thankful for your friendship man like, for sure yeah well you know like our inner circle like my other friends you know it's like even though we can't see each other we always um we communicate constantly yeah friendship it's like good to know that those people are there for you and you're there for your people you know right that and uh last thing is just boxing and music yeah yeah like my passions man if you can recap your life journey so far Mm -hmm. what's one lesson or piece of advice that you would give to somebody who has maybe gone through the same struggles that you have or are facing with now piece of advice um it definitely sounds played out right but just being like as authentic as you can like all the time right Mm -hmm. It sounds like really easy to do, right? But it's actually not, right? And like when you're younger, it's not something that I guess it comes easier to some people than other people. But like the more that you're able to do that, like be authentic and like accept that part of yourself, I feel like the happier you'll be in the long run. Yeah. Just knowing that you're not presenting like a watered down version of yourself or like compromising this kind of being your whole self like completely authentic yeah i feel like we are told that a lot as a kid yeah just be like oh you should love yourself like be you anything of it at the time right but what i'm saying is that like it's it's kind of ironic how that's kind of promoted you know throughout life Mm. you know school whatever yeah but it's crazy how not saying that you should figure out yourself by a certain age like that's not what i'm saying but what I am saying is that, like, it is a little ironic how it does take time and most especially experience to really be okay with, yeah, you know, yeah. who you are yeah. and be comfortable with, like, what you like. Because, you know, it is hard to get over some people's negative comments or, you know, he said, she said kind of thing. But honestly, I feel like you have to, like, a lot of times you have to fall off the path in order to right. find that out about yourself, you know. Right. And I know, you know, we've all done that. Like, of course, if, if you say you didn't, then you're just lying to yourself. Uh, you're basically saying um, just be yourself yeah. and be okay with who you are. Yeah. You know, like Michael touched on that in the last podcast too, but it's so true. It's so true. And it's something that like, yeah, we're, we're told that from a young age, right? We're told that like throughout our whole lives, but I feel like it's not until like, it's not until you come to the realization that maybe you're not doing that. Like you're not. Right completely authentic or being honest with yourself that you realize that something's wrong or that like you need to get back to who you really are right and to chime in i mean that doesn't necessarily being like publicly saying like hey i figured myself out you know you just kind of figure that out about a person yeah there is a different way that you walk and talk when you're comfortable with what you're doing you know what i mean yeah and you know as people we're always shit like I have hella work to do on myself still, but it's like, of course. Yeah, me too. But like, at least knowing where you want to be or like how you want to be is like a good place to start. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Feel yourself to 
to get over that and like experience yep. it with you, like learn more about yourself. All right, guys, thanks for listening. And big shout out to Paulo for sharing his experiences and intentions behind Creative Striking. Feel free to follow me on hint of underscore lemon on Twitter. See you in the next one. Later. All lives matter, brother.